NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Although it's Pit Pass Indy, another major race takes place this Sunday at Daytona International Speedway. The NASCAR Cup Series kicks off its season with the 64th Daytona 500, one of the premier events in auto racing. But one week later is the weekend many IndyCar fans have been looking forward to since Alex Pillow was crowned the 2021 champion after the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach last September 26th. It's the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg on the streets of this Florida city on the Gulf Coast. The race on February 27 kicks off what should be another great season of NTT IndyCar Series action with a very deep field of highly competitive drivers fighting it out for glory this season. Two of those drivers have been competing against each other ever since they were kids. It's 22-year-old Pato Award of Monterey, Mexico, and 21-year-old Colton Herta of Santa Clarita, California. From karting through the junior formulas in Europe, then back to the United States and the Road to Indy ladder system, Award and Herta have been fast foes. They were also teammates at Andretti Autosport in Indy Lights in 2018. Award won nine of the 17 races, was named Rookie of the Year, and won the Indy Lights Championship, beating Herta for the title in 2018. Both drivers moved up to IndyCar in 2019, with Herta striking first, becoming the youngest driver in IndyCar history to win a race when he was just 18 years old when he took the checkered flag at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. Award was originally supposed to be Herta's teammate at Harding Steinbrenner Racing, but sponsorship issues caused him to leave the team before the season started. He signed a part-time deal with Carlin Racing and competed in 13 races in 2019. He joined Aero McLaren SP in 2020 and was as high as third in the season standings before finishing that year fifth in the championship. Award scored his first victory in the second race of a doubleheader at Texas Motor Speedway last May, and that helped propel him into a championship battle with Spain's Alex Pillow for most of the season. Award entered the race second behind Pillow, but an early race crash with Ed Jones resulted in a broken half shaft that would later take him out of his championship bid. He finished third in the standings after Team Penske's Joseph Newgarden claimed second position in the standings at Long Beach. Award is considered one of the top contenders for the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Championship and is ready to get the season started on the streets of St. Pete. 
Here is my interview with Award as IndyCar prepares for the February 27 season opening race at St. Petersburg, Florida. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is a driver who finished fourth in the standings his rookie year and third in 2021. It's Paddle Award of Arrow McLaren Racing. Forward progression, I guess you're going to skip second place and go right straight to the championship in 2022. Uh, <laughs> I wish I wish it was as easy as it sounds. Um, you know, we, we've got a big year ahead and uh, just really looking forward to getting back out there and, and seeing where we stack up when we come out into into St. Pete and then um, just enjoying, enjoying our time and, and, and trying to to do what what we what we love to do, which is try and win as many as we can and and just compete at the front. The team is a little bit different this year. It's all the same guys, but it's more of a McLaren-owned team than in the past when it was Aero McLaren SP. Still Aero McLaren SP, but it's more of a McLaren influence now. How much do you feel that as a driver? Yeah, no, for sure. I've, I feel like we've been really focused on, you know, we are all one. We're, we're one huge team, both um, in Extreme E, in IndyCar, in in Formula One, I mean, the, the, all the teams and and everybody within those teams are all working together for that one goal, which is you know we all work as one and we all we all want to win, we all want to get better and improve in every aspect that we can. And you know, I feel like we'll probably start feeling a bit more once we get into the season and we start doing activities and and all that. But it's definitely been uh, very enjoyable so far. Before we look ahead to 2022, uh, just a quick look back at 2021, shaping up to be a great battle between you and Alex Pelot for the championship in the Acker Grand Prix of Long Beach. Things didn't quite work out for you very well that day. How big a disappointment was it? How quick were you able to, to get over that disappointment? Yeah, it was. I mean, but it's nothing that I really dwelled on or I was really, uh, you know, disappointed at because at the end of the day, uh, I I felt like we lost a championship in throughout the season. We didn't quite lose it at the end. You know, you you put yourself in a situation at the end where we didn't have a choice than you know try and win the thing and and and, and beat everybody else, right? But um, you know, championships are won during the season, not just in one race. So uh, we were very unlucky. Um, you know, it's it just really is a part of racing that that we we just haven't really dwelled on. But I think that just that that uh, that added some fire into everybody's butts, and I and I really feel like all the off season, and uh, hopefully all this all this work and 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 you know offline testing that we've done, help us to arrive to to these circuits where we might have not had the best car, and and just you know keep getting better. In other professional sports leagues, when you look at champions, they often have to go through a little bit of adversity to understand just how much it takes to win a championship. Is that where you're going to use last year as a motivation for this season? Yeah, and I think, you know, every it's hard to judge every single race, right? You can't judge any start, any race, any any predictions that you might have. is probably going to be uh, not what you thought. And I think the most important thing is it's just it's important to be in the moment and to take advantage of what's in the moment now and not think too much far ahead. Just do every session uh, and every lap as efficient as you can, as good as you can, um, and just focus on, you know, what's next, not just, not quite, you know, oh, what's what's going to be in five races. I think if we focus on on what's coming to us at that, at that certain time, um, we're, we're going to be just fine. 
And when you see the mix of drivers that are in the series this year, Romain Grosjean's going to run full season. Jimmy Johnson's going to run full season. Juan Pablo Montoya is going to be one of your teammates at the Indy 500. Tony Kanaan's back for an Indy 500. More new drivers are joined the series just today with Tatiana Calderon signing with AJ Foyt Racing. It really seems like IndyCar is the place the drivers want to be at right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in the place where, where IndyCar is at, you know, especially in terms of, of drivers, um, I think it's as strong as, as it ever has been. And uh, it's great. It's great to be a part of it. And it's great to be part of, of, the, of the young movement coming into the series giving giving it to the to the vets um you know i feel like we've that's definitely been the headache for for them and um we, we plan to do so now and 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 you know further from now so i think it's going to be a great series there's going to be a lot of um a lot of things that are going to be thrown at us that uh, that you know we for sure are ready to to take on and uh bring on the challenge the power teams in IndyCar used to be Team Penske, Chip Ganassi Racing, Andretti Autosport. But don't you feel that now your team is supplanted one of those teams in that list? Um, I, I do feel like we're not quite there uh, in terms of performance. We, we're definitely working hard. And, and that's the goal at the end of the day. We, we want to be uh, one of the benchmarks and we want to be the guys that that, that keep pushing the, the boundaries and the limits of, of trying to get better and better. But... Um, you know, I, I feel like so far what McLaren brings to our team is a lot of history, a lot of a lot of name, a lot of prestige. But in terms of, I think where we were performance-wise, at least last year, we're we're not quite there. Um, but we're we're sure as hell working on it. And um, there's been a lot of long days, uh, specifically for the engineers, and trying to find little things here and there to to make us better and faster. And uh, yeah, we're, we'll we'll get to see if all that work has been. Has uh, has been you know of of good for 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 our season. And how important is it for you that McLaren CEO Zach Brown is actively engaged in your career and in the IndyCar program? No, it's so important. And someone like Zach has a has a the mentality of of not just you know being in a in a series, but helping it grow, helping it being you know, uh, bringing the best of the best in order to raise the game. And I think that's what McLaren has really brought to to, to us and, and to IndyCar. And, and, and it's definitely been getting, you know, a, a good amount of, of more knowledge, I think. I'm going to ask you a leading question, but what was the highlight of your offseason? Highlight of my offseason? Uh, it's got to be with my Formula One test. It's, um, it's amazing what those cars are capable of and, um, it, it's definitely fueled my hunger into, into trying to drive one again. Of course, you did that at Abu Dhabi. And uh, what was the biggest shock that you felt driving that car that you really didn't expect? Um, honestly, more than the power um, and other than everything is perfect on it and everything does everything perfectly, like downshifting, power delivery, uh, torque delivery, everything was just, you know, beyond anything I've ever driven. But the downforce and the grip was unbelievable. The cars, the way they change direction, the way they stop, um, it's just, you can tell that these things are created to go as fast as humanly possible within regulations. But I mean, the things are created to go as fast as possible around the circuit. How long did it take for your neck to get back to normal? Uh, so I, so during the day, actually all morning, I was perfectly fine. 
as soon as I started doing my race runs, I started feeling going away a bit. Um, and my qualifying runs were the, at the end of the day, which by then my head was hanging off. Um, how long did it take to, to get it back to full recover? Probably three days. So, uh, obviously the, the long, the long flights that I had to take in the recovery process weren't helping. <laughs> um, but yeah, it took, uh, it took a good two solid days in order to get this, my neck back to, to a hundred percent. IndyCar debriefs with the engineering staff can sometimes seem to last forever, but I bet you they've got nothing on the Formula One engineering staff. Oh, I bet man. those debriefs really go on forever. Yeah, those are really, really long. Um, really, in terms of, of what the drivers, I feel like, bring into play is, is very similar. But the amount of more people in the meeting that have to... That have to um, basically explain, you know, what went on on their side, whether it's engine, gearbox, uh, clutch, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, there's a lot more guys that have to explain uh, certain situations, whether it's a qualifying or a practice where certain procedures were going on, um, which make it a lot longer. <laughs> you didn't have Felix Rosenquist as your teammate for the entire season because he had to sit out a couple of races after he was injured at Detroit. But what will having him alongside of you for an entire season do to help elevate both of your performance levels? I think it's going to be awesome. And I, and I, and I really, I really hope we get to share a, a few podiums together because that's, that's definitely something I'd love to do. And, um, you know, I know he would too. So I think, you know, both of us just bringing our A game and, and, and competing at the front is going to is gonna pump everybody in the team. And that's just going to drive us all, week, all year. And what's it going to be like having Juan Pablo back for the Indianapolis 500? Uh, it's going to be awesome. That guy's a character. So I'm looking forward to, to, to having a, a month with him again. Um, and yeah, getting the, getting the three amigos back together is going to be fun. Is the cool thing about Juan is he's Juan. Juan does what Juan says and he doesn't really care how it affects other people. Is that kind of one of the cool things about him is that he's just authentic and unique? Yeah. And I think a, a great, uh, piece of him is that he is so, uh, he's so direct and so honest that I really enjoy that because it's it's not like he's going to be lying to you or he's going to be, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's a jokester, but but he's very honest and and I th he's very real. And I, th I feel like it's it's hard to find that now these days. One of the goals that you have is obviously to drive a Formula One car. So how do you put that out of your mind now and focus all your attention back to IndyCar? Um, it's back, man. It's, it's, I'm, I'm full fledged and, and fully focused on what's ahead in IndyCar. And, uh, we know we want to raise the, the bar, you know, even more this year than what we have already have on ourselves. So, uh, just really looking forward to the challenge and, and, uh, yeah, going to combat with, with, with the boys. I think one of the keys to both your season last year and Alex Palos was you both got off to fast starts. How important is that for a championship run uh, to get off to a fast start and maintain that level? Yeah, it's important. Every point is gold at the end of the season, as, as we saw last year. So, um, you know, we're going to try and maximize every single weekend. And as far, though, as winning the Indianapolis 500, I believe you'd be the first Mexican driver to win it. What would that mean to the sport? Because there's... 
I imagine you've got a lot of fans from your home country that watch what you do in IndyCar. Yeah, it's it it definitely would be huge. I'm not quite sure how big it 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 would be. Um I just I've never won a race of that magnitude ever. It is the biggest race in the world, so um, I won't know until I win it, so I will let you know. <laughs> but as far, though, as the interest level that there is in Mexico to follow your career, we see it a lot when we go to Texas. We see it a lot when we go to Long Beach. What's it like to have the community rooting for you? It's awesome, man, and it's great to see people enjoying and celebrating together with me whenever we we have a win or a pull or, or just when we have a reason to celebrate. And it's great that not just we're doing it, but everybody in my home country. And um, I, I I sure do think we, we're, we're not where we, we're supposed to be in terms of of of, um, of people watching. I feel like we have a lot of room to grow. Um, and that, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bring it back into the into the people's TVs and, and, and faces so for them to enjoy together with us. Pato Award. Keep an eye on this kid for the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Championship. Good luck this season. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or... For household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Colton Herta is the defending winner of the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg and has become one of IndyCar's brightest stars in a hurry. He started his career in karting when he was just 10 in 2010 and made his Formula Racing debut in the USF 2000 Championship in 2014. In 2015, he moved to Europe when he was just 15 years old and spent the next two seasons 
racing the Junior Formula Series throughout Europe. He returned to the United States in 2017 at Andretti Steinbrenner Racing's Indy Lights program. He finished second in his first Indy Lights race on the streets of St. Petersburg that year. That season, Herta won two Indy Lights races, was Rookie of the Year, and finished third in the season championship. The following season, he won four Indy Lights races, including all three at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and finished second in the Indy Lights Championship to Teammate Award. Herta has already won six NTT IndyCar Series races, including three last season, counting his win from the pole at St. Petersburg and his victories in the final two races of the season at Laguna Seca and the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Although he finished fifth in the standings in 2021, Herta remains one of the favorites to contend for the championship in 2022. He also talks about his interest in one day competing in Formula One in my interview with the California Kid. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Colton Herta of Andretti Autosport. Colton, you're always one of the favorites to break through for the championship. Could 2022 be that year? Uh, I think so. I think there's there's definitely stuff going on, you know, in the background behind the scenes to kind of make us better. Um, you know, I think we knew kind of based off of last year where we need to be better, uh, and we've been focusing on that. So I sure hope so. Yeah. You were one of the favorites entering last season, especially after you got off to a very fast start by winning at St. Pete. Where do you see the difference was in your season? Uh, you finished fifth in the championship, and you finished the season strong. What was part of the season that really ended up costing you the chance at the championship? Um, you know, I think it's a number of things. You know, we kind of had a slow start with the DNF at Barber, we did have some weird stuff happen during the season that were kind of out of our reach. Um, but, you know, I think as far as, you know, stuff that we can control, there was some contributing uh, factors that, that we kind of need to, to tighten up and, and then I think we'll be very good. And as far as those, the way your off season went, you, there was a chance that you could be getting ready for a formula one season. Uh, what was it like during that period in the off season where you were Pretty much there were stories written about you or Michael Andretti nearly every day uh, trying to, if Michael had acquired Sauber, you may be getting ready for your first Formula One season. Was that a interesting time for you or a difficult time? Um, no, I think it's fairly simple. We kind of just, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just kind of happened. And, um, you know, if it, it was, if it was going to happen, it was going to happen. And um, if it wasn't, I, I, wasn't the end of the world. You know, I think Formula One is something that I've wanted to try. Um, it's something that's time sensitive in my career. So if I get the chance, I need to take it. But, um, but as far as, as far as the backup plan, which isn't really a backup plan because it's something that I would love to do for, for my career. Um, IndyCar, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Um, and you know, if the, if the opportunity arose for the Formula One seat, I'd have to have a good think about it because it's something I really like to try but that doesn't mean that that would have been the end of my IndyCar career either. How do you explain to the American race fan what the lure of Formula One means to a top-level driver? Because you're going out with the latest, the best race car that they make. You know, a Formula One car is the cutting edge of technology and things like that. And you're also competing against 
the top drivers in the world. So if you have a chance to say win a lot of races in a series that you're in now to then you go there and maybe success is measured differently. How do you explain that to the race fans? Um, you know, I don't think you need to. It's either you like it or you don't. You know, my favorite Joseph Newgarden quote was Formula One's the best racing series in the world. So um that was <laughs> um so yeah, you know, I think it it is very different to IndyCar racing. There's there's no joke in that. But um, you know, it is something that you know, I think you could get used to and if fans like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. There's always other different types of racing. Now, what time do you have to get up in the morning to watch Formula One race when you're out in California? I don't. I do not because it's way too early. It's like three in the morning for so some you of the DVR it. Yes, I I definitely record it, TiVo it, and then we'll watch it later. But getting back to your IndyCar team, Michael Andretti has remade it in many ways. Roman Grosjean is now the driver of the number 28 DHL Honda. He showed tremendous progress driving for Dale Coyne Racing. Dale Coyne's team is always, in a lot of ways, the little team that succeeds one way or another. Now he's with a team that's got all the resources. What's it going to be like having Roman as your teammate this year? It's it's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting to see kind of what aspect he brings as as far as feedback and stuff um, from Formula One, but I think I'm more interested in the feedback that he brings from Dale Coyne and like what he thinks of that car, where where it was better. Because I'm sure there is, you know, maybe the primarily the, the cars are better at Andretti, but there there will be that track or two or three that that um, that they're better at. So it will be interesting to see what he says. He obviously knows what he's talking about. He has a lot of experience and a whole bunch of different forms of racing. So it'd be interesting. What are the tracks that you believe are Colton Herta's racetracks? Um, you know, I think not my racetracks, but tracks that Andretti previously has been really good is like any street course. I think we're very strong at, um, you know, Laguna Seca is an obvious answer. Uh, Long Beach, you know, we're really good at this year. Um, and then other places, like I think like Gateway, we have a really good shot at winning. You know, some place that people might not think that we'd be good is, you know, Gateway. We're leading there with the hash up rope. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Iowa is like. Put a lot of time into trying to get Texas better. So there's a lot of places that we, we kind of lacked on uh, just a little bit. We're not that far off, but we just lack that little bit to being like the dominant car. Um, and, and that's kind of what we're focused on. Also, you've shown a lot of speed in the Indy 500. And to be able to lead laps in that race and to go out there and have a chance to be one of the cars that people pick as a potential winner, how close do you believe you are to maybe winning an Indy 500? Um, you know, I think it takes a lot of experience and a little bit of luck and, you know, a lot of speed. So, you know, I think we're, we kind of, I still think I lack on the experience and, um, but it's it's not impossible, we, right? We've seen rookies win this race, and we've seen, um, you know, relatively young guys win this race. Um, you know, I think I still, I think this year I still would get the crown of being the youngest winner from Troy Rutman, but it's really freaking close. But it, it's not to say that it's impossible to happen, right? Paulo's second Indy 500 was last year, and he finished second. So it's very possible. You mentioned Alexander Rossi. He's one of your teammates. He's also been a driver that's had... Uh a couple of years that aren't, as I call them, Rossi-like. 
what do you see as maybe being the difference in how you two might be able to help each other? Rossi uh, is great in a whole bunch of different aspects. You know, I think the biggest help that he is is at the Speedway. He's so freaking good around IMS. Um, you know, and, and setup-wise, you know, two cars to run is, is better than one, and you can run a whole bunch of different stuff. Um you know, on, on race weekends, and I trust his feedback. It's a guy that I've known for a long time, so I know kind of what he likes out of a car, and the feed I can trust his feedback that it's the right thing. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a great guy to have in, have in the stable. Now, you're going to have a rookie teammate, Devlin DeFrancesco. Seemed to have a lot of speed in the other uh, coming up the ranks. What do you see as his potential that he can do his rookie season? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Um, it, it's, I think it's going to be one of those kind of like time will tell situations. Um, you know, I, I think he's fast, but, but he needs to get up to speed and, and kind of get in there and, and then we'll have to kind of wait and see how he does. Do you feel like you're one of the senior drivers on the team now? Um, yeah, on the team. Yeah. You know, although Crojean, um, is older, right? He is, he's, you know, still very new at Andretti. So uh, I guess from seniority role, yeah, me and Alex play a big role in that. Your father announced that Robbie Wickens is going to be back driving uh, one of his cars, full season effort in IMSA. And when you consider that this was a guy that many of us wondered whether he would ever even be able to walk again, Mm -hmm. now he's going to be driving a competitive race car. Just you as somebody that sees this story develop from, your father's point of view. I mean, that's got to be one of the coolest stories you could ever think of. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's a competitive series, so it'll be a good judge of, of where Robbie's at and, and how he's feeling in a race car. Um, you know, I think as far as what he's going into with, right, it's a good program, but there's there's no pressure at all. You know, it, it he's been out of a race car for, you know, three years now, so it's going to be difficult for anybody to get back in a race car. Um, so... I'm confident that, that he'll have the same speed that, that he did um, beforehand, whether that be when he hops in or, you know, whether that's a few weekends in. He's going to be good. So I'm excited to see that. The season starts at the end of February, moves up a couple of weeks this year. How excited are you to get back in the car at St. Pete? And do you believe that a fast start to the season is really a key to winning an IndyCar championship? Uh, statistics would say yes. Um, you know, the last, whatever, three or four out of five champions um, won the first race at St. Pete. So, yeah, statistically, I would say yes. What would Colton Herta consider to be uh, a great season in 2022? Uh, I think, obviously, just have to be a championship-winning season. Nothing less to be a great season. Keep an eye on this guy. He's always fast, especially some of the street and road courses on the schedule. Colton Herta, Andretti Autosport, good luck in 2022, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guest, IndyCar's Fast Foes, Pato Award of Mexico, and Colton Herta of the United States for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. 
Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.